Hey everybody, I appreciate you joining me on this quick recording, and as you might have noticed, I skipped the intro music and the sponsor info, all of that. I just wanted to talk briefly about what happened this morning, and for anybody who hasn't listened to the podcast before right now, uh, my name is Tony Overbay, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. But right now, it's a little before 6 a.m. on the West Coast, and as I'm sure many of you did this morning, um, I woke up and started my day, my normal routine, only to have it quickly interrupted with the news coming out of Las Vegas. And with the winds howling here in Northern California, I decided to go uh, the quarter mile over to my local gym and run on the treadmill instead of running outside. I know a little bit wimpy, but, uh, but that was what I was feeling this morning. And as I approached the gym, I could already see the TVs in the cardio area, and they were all displaying similar images, and um, you know, I could read the words underneath, even from kind of far away, over 50 wounded and 200 injured in a mass shooting in Las Vegas. And I kind of stopped in my tracks there for a little bit, trying to process... Um, what that was even saying, you know, I was listening to an audiobook and was just looking forward to a, for a nice, easy workout. And for the next hour or so, um, I, along with several other early risers, tried to process what we were seeing on the screen. And as I'm sure with many of you, maybe it's safe to say most of you, your minds are a jumble of thoughts and emotions from why and, you know, what do I say to my kids and what's the world coming to and probably so many other thoughts and emotions that it's uh, hard to even keep them straight in your head. And they probably, quite frankly, are changing faster than you even realize. But the reason I wanted to jump on and record a podcast was to talk a bit about what I see from my therapist chair in the aftermath of tragedy. And uh, whether that tragedy is a shooting, as it is so often, unfortunately, or even what I hear from people in the aftermath of natural disasters, like the recent earthquakes and floods and fires, all of those sort of things. Um, I just wanted to say that for what it's worth... uh, Truly, my thoughts and prayers go out to all of those that are involved in what has happened this morning in Vegas, um, from the victims and their families and to, uh, to those who were just there, even on vacations. Um, a couple of my friends have already posted on Facebook that they were there and uh, just there um, on the strip on vacation and heard, heard what was going on and that they're okay. Um, but, but those who just aren't even sure how to feel right now, to the emergency workers and the police, um, an event like this is sure to cause a ripple effect that will be felt in, undoubtedly for years to come. But obviously people are going to start talking about tragedy, and in this case, um, the shootings in Las Vegas were literally only a few hours in. And as I record this, we're just starting to hear more about the shooter. And, and honestly, in this particular recording, I don't really want to focus on the shooter because I'm sure he's going to get far more than his fair share of attention and publicity in the coming hours and days, weeks, even years. And if you ever Google why somebody commits mass murder, you'll find a lot of people trying to make sense of what goes into somebody doing something like this um, in order to hopefully identify the warning signs and to try to prevent things like this from ever happening um, happening again. But unfortunately, there's really no uh, true, quote, formula. I know in a lot of cases there's a trail that leads up to something like this being committed, um, but despite all the red flags that we can identify, um, whether it's histories of abuse or um, you know, abusive parenting or uh, hurting animals, setting fires, a lack of empathy, a lack of connection, all these things that, that maybe you hear if you watch um, TV a lot or you, you know, you've seen a, a documentary or a movie about serial killers. But those factors don't make a killer. And as a therapist, I know that in some circumstances as well, due to either chemical issues in the brain, trauma, drug abuse, um, any number of factors, some people have severe anger issues and they can suffer from paranoid delusions and, and those sort of things. So again, it's hard to determine why one person can exhibit a lot of these traits and just come off as antisocial or odd or strange 
and then another person can do something as heinous as to take the lives of so many innocent victims like we see this morning. Um, but what I'm really worried about is about how people start to process their own feelings and emotions around an event like this. Um, in particular, how we as parents process this with our kids. Uh, because I know, again, those feelings can be feelings of despair or sadness, feelings of a loss of hope. Um, and then with a lot of adults, it is. What do we tell the kids? Um, uh, feelings of, I mean, I, and I'm going back to experience here in my chair, listening to newlyweds talk about having fear of raising children in a time where events like this can happen. So first, I do feel like it's important to be proactive and ask your kids how they're doing, how they're feeling, um, what they've heard about the tragedy today in Vegas. Let them talk. Don't try and shut them down. Uh, don't assume that since they maybe don't bring it up to you tonight after school, that they don't care about it or that they aren't thinking about it. Because the chances are, especially the way social media works, that they have been inundated with this at school on their phones, from their friends, computers. So talk to your kids. Ask them how they're feeling. First and foremost, please, uh, proactively ask them how they're feeling. But next, let me also just throw in a plug about grief. I want to talk about something um, that we say in my industry, it's kind of cliched when talking about grief, but it's, I have to remind people there's no exact scientifically correct way to grieve. And people are going to grieve in a variety of ways, whether it's around processing their emotions, um, truthfully, whether it's with, with death of a loved one, whether it's with uh, broken relationships, whether it's with um, uh, sudden move or um, even physical ailments, that sort of things. But there's no real scientifically you know, proven way to grieve. Yes, we have the five stages of grief and loss, which are wonderful to work with, and you can look that up as well. Um, but in this scenario, what I'm talking about is that some people want to talk. Some people want to listen. Some want to watch everything they can. Some won't want to watch anything at all. And, uh, and so what I'm really worried about, kind of what brings me to, to record this, is, again, just how we react um, if our kids, our teenagers, are going to come to us with some of this information. If you happen to have listened to my previous podcast on how to talk to your teenagers, um, the same principles apply with them, with your spouse, your neighbors, your coworkers. Uh, this is absolutely not a time to judge the way somebody chooses to grieve. So if you have a son or a daughter come up to you and they want to talk, um, this is not the time to lecture them on why they shouldn't want to talk about it or why they need to, to not pay attention to this or why they need to focus on your homework or you know, do, get, just get things done. Um, and, and definitely not a time to tell them that their questions or their thoughts are stupid or not right or even to imply that with body language, with eye rolls. Now is a time to just embrace the seek first to understand and then be understood concept. Let your kids share with you their thoughts, their emotions, and try your best to be empathetic. If you need to go Google empathy right now, then please do. Empathetic. You want to know everything that they're thinking. What has led them to say the things that they're saying right now? And try and understand where they're coming from. Please just let, let them talk and uh, let them really get their emotions out. Um, I remember after the, there was a bomb blast in the UK a few months ago at a concert, um, speaking with a teen a few days later who had expressed the, some concern over going to a local concert here in Northern California to their parents. And their parents quickly told them how ridiculous it was uh, to think that way and that they had spent good money on the tickets for the, the event coming up. And if they brought it up again, they wouldn't go to anything like that since obviously this teen was so ungrateful. And boy, we processed that in therapy. My heart broke for this teen. And uh, we worked on that one for a while. Um, and this teenager really feeling like that they, you know, they couldn't express themselves to their parents. And it caused a lot of anxiety, uh, sleepless nights, um, just uh, and, and overall kind of a damage in that relationship of wanting to come to their parents and be able to talk and process. 
uh, what was going on. So first and foremost, let your kids talk, ask them how they're feeling, assure them that it's okay to feel what emotions they're expressing. And don't try and immediately tell them what you're going through because if you first don't build that bridge of empathy, what they may hear, I think this is important, um, what they may hear is that the way that they are thinking or grieving is wrong. And that goes right back to that, you know, it's not. It's the way that they are processing something. And boy, we want you to understand why they are processing something the way that they are. Uh, second, if, if you are a doom and gloom type of person, if, if, you're, if you feel like there's no reason to smile or laugh or hope, um, if you're one of those who wants to lecture your kids now on how evil the world has become, please don't. Um, please put that on hold. Write it down. Call a friend. Um, share those thoughts with other uh, like-minded individuals. But please don't take a young person who is trying to make sense of the world and then instill in them, especially in a time like this, uh, a complete or utter lack of hope for the future. Um, that, that's just not a productive thing to do right now. In order to change the world in any way, we want to empathize, share, um, and then look for ways to better ourselves um, and better the world around us. We will no doubt begin to hear stories that come out of Vegas of people who did incredible things, things most likely to save lives or to protect loved ones and even strangers. Uh, we're going to hear about people who do incredible things. So wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be a way, a better way, it's not very the smartest thing for me to say, but a better way to better our world if we were not only looking for good on a daily basis, if that was in our prayers every morning, if that was in our, um, you know, hey, when, you're, when your kids are leaving, just to have them go out and look for good on a daily basis. But also to insist on finding what positives we can even in times of tragedy. Um, we can't teach our children or our spouses or ourselves that it's uh, okay to simply just give up, to stop living life, um, because it's more important to live life to the fullest, to look for opportunities to do good, to spread good, and while it is absolutely imperative that we do grieve, that we mourn, that we respect those who don't feel or think or believe the way we do about how to react during tragedy, what we can do is model the type of behavior that will bring and instill hope in all of those around us and especially in our children. Um, and third, and I'll wrap this up. I wanted this to be quick. Be aware. Be present. Be age appropriate. Uh, now's not the time to try and process the mind of a mass murderer with one of your little kids. Um, sometimes all you can do is let your younger kids know that sometimes uh, people do bad things, um, but that you know that the best thing that we can do is to have hope and move forward and being grateful for what we have, for the time that's in front of us, and the fact that you are there with them uh, right then, right now. If you're not a hugger, hug. It's, uh, it's okay. There's some amazing research that, that uh, shows what that um, connection does, especially to your children, to your spouse. Hug them. Bring them close. Let them know that you're there for them. Let them know that everything is going to be okay. Um, and then do whatever you can to try to instill a little bit more hope. You can change every dynamic in your home today. Uh, you can have everybody express some, um, something they're grateful for at dinner. If you don't have dinner as a family, you can start to do that. Uh, if you want to get together at night, if you're spiritual, if you want family prayer, if you want scripture study, you get to do that starting tonight. That's perfectly okay. And uh, you can express your love to your family and, and hope. And uh, you can really start in a new direction if this is something. And look at that. I mean, that's something that could be positive out of a tragedy even like this. Um, if you need to, Google quotes on hope. Google quotes on happiness. Uh, don't surround yourself purely in the negative. Some of my, I just uh, keep a little um, 
document that has some of these close. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. Never lose infinite hope. Finite disappointment. There will be moments like this tragedy where things are going to feel pretty, uh, pretty, pretty bad, um, but never lose that infinite hope. Um, Emil Brunner, he said, what oxygen is to the lungs, such as hope to the meaning of life. So we need oxygen to breathe. We need hope to be able to live life. Uh, there's another quote. I want to share this one with you. It's a little bit longer, but uh, I want to break it down. It's by a, a guy named Neil A. Maxwell. Um, he, had, he wrote a book called The Promise of Discipleship. And this is one of my favorite quotes of all time. He said, though of themselves, life's defining moments may seem minor, our wise responses can gradually increase our traction on the demanding path of discipleship. He says, for an instance, we can decide daily or in an instant in seemingly little things, whether we respond with a smile instead of a scowl, or whether we give warm praise instead of exhibiting icy indifference. Uh, There's a little more here to this quote, but, but look, think of that. In an instant, we decide daily um, in little things. Do we respond with a smile instead of a scowl? Uh, do we give praise instead of indifference? Because here's what he said, going on to say, each response matters in its small moment. After all, moments are the molecules that make up eternity, affecting not only ourselves but others, because our conduct, even in seemingly small things, can be contagious. That, that is part of this message today, is that our response matters in its small moment. Moments are molecules that make up our eternity, and they don't just affect us, but they affect our conduct, even in seemingly small things. And that conduct can be contagious. If you walk down your hall and say hi to people and smile, people will feel better. You will change that entire room, that dynamic. So that is my, uh, uh, my hope is that, that you will look at that, that um, in this moment, this, this moment of tragedy, that your responses do matter and uh, that you can do so much now to build up your, your kids. So now is the time to respond to your kids in a way that fosters this relationship with them, in a way that lets them know that you care about their feelings, about what they're going through. Uh, now is the time that you let them know that they can come to you and that they can talk about hard things and that you will seek to understand. And with that understanding, then you can share your thoughts as well. And at that time, and I believe it is so important to express to them that hope in the future, hope in tomorrow, hope in today, this afternoon, um, help them understand that the way that they move forward is truly to look for hope in any situation. And if they feel moved to do something for the folks in Vegas, don't shut them down. Look at local charities. I'm sure that there will be funds set up for families of the victims or medical bills. Um, if your kids want to give their allowance or recycling money to help others, that is a good thing. Don't shut them down. Don't tell them why you don't think that that's a good idea. Okay, let me stop and put my soapbox away uh, over here to the side. Um, this is a tragedy. There's no getting around that fact. But now, what do we do with this information? Uh, we do whatever we can to help our kids process it, and not just one time. We don't just do it tonight, check, we're done, as much as they want to. Um, and we instill in them a hope for a brighter future, hope that their future, even when tragedy strikes, because it will, we know that, in many different shapes and sizes, is a future worth embracing. Um, it's worth not only living, but embracing. Uh, it's a future worth doing everything in their power to make it better. Um, so I hope that you can see that, this, that, that it is a tragedy, and my heart, my thoughts, my prayers go out to everyone involved in this. It really does. I know the ripple effect that can happen. Um, as a therapist, I've worked with people who are still processing um, tragedies that they have been involved in, a part of, or that their families were involved in. Um, from long ago. So I understand that, and my prayers go to everyone affected. 
But for those of us that are trying to make sense of or trying to process or grieve, um, please uh, turn to your kids. Don't shut them down. Um, be empathetic and, and help them find hope and look for those molecules, those moments uh, that make up eternity, that they can make or decide in an instant that they will that they will choose hope in this moment. Okay, thank you for letting me into your speakers or your earbuds or, or uh, however you're listening to this today. May God bless each and every one of you, and may you find the strength necessary to be able to talk about this and to process this with your loved ones and with all of those around you. And I just, I hope and I pray that you will be able to be a light to others during this time of tragedy.